now recording. <laughs> God, it looks amazing. It is. I'm sorry, Lloyd. I can't do that right now. <laughs> Welcome back to Maximum HP, the old school show for the new school world. And this is episode 002. And I again have Herman Sims on. And we're chatting about a bunch of stuff. But we're, this time around, we're going to stick with uh, some things in 1E and 5E. But, we, but specifically, we had talked about troublesome players, but then I think we kind of spread out. But how do you feel about rule, rules lawyers and 5E versus what I'm going to say? Well, I, I think having seen both, I see more rules lawyers now. And, and I, I don't know if that's because they're uh, a little bit more closed, as in they're so specific. Or in that, uh, I mean, I'm not really sure what that is. I think that you have these very specific books now, but each one of these books is pretty extensive. Um, and it's less homebrewish to me in feel. Um, it's true. It's, it's everything less is to the like, DM. Yeah, I feel, I feel when I play 5e, the few times, I, the times that I've really tried to play seriously, I feel like uh, it's, things aren't, things are, Exact specifically quantified as, right. a, as, as a against basic, it's like, well, you can try anything, and the DM sort of wings it. What Is I yeah, what I well, I think what's what's happened with such an extensive set of rules, and I, I think they're good in a way that there are a lot of people that are not as creative as the DMs and GMs that you would have from the early editions. Um, who had to put all that extra effort in, uh, maybe even design rules, this sort of thing, um, right. and take full control of the game, there's now all these very specific rules, and so it includes more people. People who aren't as creative at that or, or as driven to do that can run the games because they have these very clear set. And DMs now, it seems, are forgetting that you are the DM. <laughs> All rules are optional and suggestive. They give us a framework, but you can change any damn thing anytime you want. Right. You know, and but this kind of in 5e doesn't give you that feeling that you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, and you're a 5e fan, though. And Yeah, I am. But I, I remember that I'm always the DM, that in the end, um, I can always go, but I'm the DM. So, and, and I think that's, you know, this is kind of a good topic. Um, how to say no as a DM? You know, like, yeah. like, is it? Do you feel it's more difficult to say no in Five E than it was in One E? I do. I only because these sets of very clear rules and very extensive. These are the official ones. Make you feel as if you can't, and you can. You're allowed. You're allowed. It's to your say game. No. You're allowed to say no. The I think idea that's of that, uh, I'm go sorry, ahead, go ahead. No, I, um, well, I think that's something that, that a lot of uh, younger players have, uh, that I see uh, have this. Like they sort of bristle when the DM says no, just because I because I don't want that in this game. Um, yeah, and they and do. I mean, I'm case for everybody, but it's I see I've seen it a handful of times, and I'm like. Oh, I, I have set very specific boundaries on my gameplay, the games that I run. 
Yeah. So when I have a game that I'm going to do, I will specifically say, you cannot have this race or you cannot use this mechanic. Right. Um, because I don't want to have that in the world that I'm running for my own reasons, whatever they might be. And I've had to argue with people for quite a while to get it clear, like, no, wait, it's my game. I'm running it. Right. I want it to be fun for everybody. And there's reasons why in my world, I think that detracts from the fun of gameplay. So I'm not going to include that mechanic or that race or that combination. And the opposite thread uh, in first edition one of the things that I find that almost always gets, uh, you have to go the opposite way. The, 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 the rules are get a little constricting, which I'm talking about level limits. Almost everybody that I know just cuts those right out uh, from the get-go. And even, even like the old guy, the people that were there when it was created, like Tim Cask said, that was the first thing he discarded. Yeah, I... I didn't understand level limits either. I mean, like the game ended. <laughs> you you stop well, getting I'll more experience. You, I'll tell you how level limits works. No, you don't stop getting experience. You just don't go up in levels, which means you don't yeah. gain. You you don't get a better Thaco. You don't all that stuff. But I'll tell you why. And, and this is how it was explained to me: um, is that Gary Gygax was a war gamer, yeah, and in yeah. war gaming that level limits apparently make more sense because I don't know, just to cap them off or whatever, you know, you, and, um, also I guess elf as a class makes more sense in the wargaming world because you're thinking in troop mentality, you're, th you're measuring inches and whatnot. Right. Um, but like a lot of the guys that were really into the role-playing aspect just immediately discarded it in their private games. I did away with them. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, we did too. We did it pretty early on when we first started playing the home game again here in one e. Okay, we, so let me, let me ask a side question then on the, on the uh, ditching the uh, level limit. What was your reasoning for ditching the level limit, and when did you? Well, it, recent, most recently, I wasn't going to ditch it, uh, and I had convinced myself that there was a um, a game balance that happened. Uh, Talking to some of the old school guys that were there when the game was born, I decided it was the right decision to to ditch it. But but really, what it came down to was the people at my table um, weren't as committed to the characters if they knew they they had to stop at fifth level. And one of my gripes about you know we're going to do this in a second. What things I I, I have to say bad and good things about 1E, and you have to say bad and good things about 5 <laughs> One of the bad things about 1E is the level. And um, in first edition, you can't play a Dwarven Cleric. Not a playable class-race combination. And it's become so iconic, <laughs> Dwarf Cleric. I love Dwarven <laughs> Clerics. And it's in well, the you book. like Dwarves because then you can make fun of elves. <laughs> That's right. You stinking leaf licking, bow shooting, sons of guns. But look, <laughs> in the but in the book, like I didn't know it though until much later. But if you look in the book, it's like it's really specific. In the in the table of allowed combinations, Dwarven cleric is listed, but it's not listed as a playable race. It's a little like letter symbol that disallows it. So, what do you? What's some good and bad about five? Well, I, the, I wanted to. Uh, we haven't left lemon. Oh, we haven't left yet. one topic one. Let's go to right. topic one back. Because I, you know, I only encountered an issue in one and two e. Oh. Um, 
because I was there for the beginning and I played it as a teenager when it first came out and I played with the same three friends. So I had Mike Holcomb and I had, um, Oh, there were twin brothers. They were, uh, paternal twins. They didn't look anything alike. They looked like Raceland and what was Raceland's brother? Caramon. Caramon. They looked like that. One was like thin and kind of frail and the other was just gigantic. He was always <laughs> the biggest kid in school, right? And they were brothers, like twin brothers. So I played with those three people for five years. So they wanted to play the same characters that we've grown to love at playing this game two to three or even five times a week sometimes and endless hours. And suddenly you hit level limit. You're like, but I want to keep playing this wizard. I want to keep playing this barbarian. I want to keep playing this fighter. So we said, screw that. We're going to just blow right by the level limit. So right off the bat, it was because love of characters, they wanted to keep playing. Right. And so we just tossed them. That was my experience with getting rid of level limits. I haven't encountered it in 5e because I have not played with a group or people long enough to hit level limits. Well, let's let's back up, though. We were talking about troublesome players. But to be fair, I've never had a player said, I want to have a level. (laughs) No, no. But in 1e, 1E, though, I I did felt like I had a, a permission slip to just disallow things on the fly. Um, and where, where when I try to learn 5e, I don't, I don't feel like that because a player can just open a book to something that's quantified with a number and a dice roll. Yeah, and that's the one of the things with 5e that makes you feel, perhaps as a DM, that you can't. Because it, here are the rules. All Every last rule is a suggestion. You, you're not as aware of that in 5e as you were with 1e and 2e. So how do you so, so to avoid that? So we're gonna in the future we're gonna avoid you don't nobody wants to have an argument with a player. Nobody no. wants to have a disagreement, nobody wants to have a hurt feeling. So do you have a strategy that you're kind of putting in place if that pops up at your table again? I try and, and think about why I am doing something. If I if my answer it's I've learned this in uh <clears throat> years in art school when we had to do and then going off weird topic, of course. Um when you were doing a critique, a real critique, to say I don't like it means nothing. Right. You gotta, you to gotta know why you, you don't like it. Behind, yeah. And yeah, and what is good and what is bad, what was successful, what was not successful for you as a person uh, participating or viewing this piece of artwork or performance or whatever it might be, that then becomes a useful critique. So I try and do the same thing when I say no to a combination or I say no to a particular thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go, well, why? So when somebody says, well, but why? I can answer it and say, well, in my game that I'm running as the dungeon master, I have full control and I can just tell you no, but instead I'm going to tell you my thought process and why I'm disallowing this in my my particular game. I, um, you know, and, and I'll admit like in a convention game, I'm not as committed and I'll allow all kinds of wacky crap. But if I know uh, I'm going to be playing with these people for months on end and I have a campaign setting in mind, um, it it well, sort you, of changes my approach. Well, you don't have the chance. Well, you don't have as much chance to uh, encounter something I think as quirky or as game breaking as you can in a five E game. Right. Which and is most like of your games your are things, still you know one E two E right. You you focus on that. 
But our yeah, we just recently went from one or one point five into second edition. We've decided to go straight on two e, um, and, and which is where I've spent probably spent the most time as a as a DM. Um, as much as I as I love one e, uh, and I produce one e and the zine is one e, um, I still slip into two e. That's well, you know, a whole different topic. But 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 so, one of the things you don't like about five e is feats. Yeah, right? I was going to get there. I was going to take one step back though because I, I felt like I kind of answered my part. But in your part, okay. you know, I can look at and take a specific thing. So when a, uh, somebody points out a, a section or a rule or something that they want to include, and I've yeah. disallowed it, I also have a whole bunch of other things to back up. Um, why I'm disallowing it. Okay. In 1E and 2E, it seems that's more difficult because there's less rule sets to turn to and say, well, that this mechanic does this and I don't, I understand it to do this in my game. And I, that's why I don't allow it. That's true. 1E, 1E to be fair, one first edition AD&D is a finite world. It, it's not like second edition that expanded into a bunch of stuff. Um, the first edition stuff we had Dragon Magazine, and players would often come to the table with a Dragon Magazine and be like, look, right here on page 42 in issue whatever, 109, it says I can be do this wacky, wacky thing. And the DM would just be like, oh, that's the magazine. I, and it, it sort of almost gave us an easy out, but there's a lot of canon in 5e, like a lot of standards that yeah. are set. Did yeah. you have, like, I mean... Can you think of a time that the the basic set somebody clamored to have something that you weren't allowing? There, there that are was allowed. The, the, well, like no, there are. So in 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 first edition, the the problematic areas are unearthed arcana, uh, dungeoneer survival guide, and wilderness survival. So unearthed arcana introduced a lot of stuff. It, but you they, can drop that whole thing and say it's it, I'm not allowing unearthed arcana, and you had an out. You did, but it, it, but you, but if there was something in it that you liked, suddenly your players were like pointing at the book, saying, "But this is." Did a you hit. did you encounter that a lot? That that was happening. I mean, it encounters it a lot in fight. <laughs> so I'm wondering yeah. if you encountered it. I did not encounter it in you know one e and as it went into two, I because I didn't. I didn't have an issue with much of the stuff that people were bringing that might be a little different or from a different source, and I went. In 5e, yeah. there's a lot that I just I don't want to have that. The power band of the players are are in a little box, you know. So like you, like if you have a group of, let's say fifth level adventurers, um, you can challenge the wizard and the thief as much as you can challenge the fighter, and they're all interacting. But in 5e, you've got something like I don't even remember the race class combinations. It's in the thousands. Yeah, I mean, I did a whole... I mean, I've even had to make a whole chart. Again, we're drifting off of that, but did you encounter much of it? Because I didn't. I, in, for, in, in the old editions, no. I mean, it, it, we all came at the table like, you know what? The DM... I mean, because I think Gary reiterated it so much throughout the text that, that it was it was guidelines, the DM. And I think 5th edition uh, strays away from uh, all, saying that every section, that the, the DM option you know they do they 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 like only name a few 
specific, and we were going to touch on it next, was feats. Um, very few things are specifically mentioned that, hey, this is completely optional. Um, and it, I remember that from the 1E and 2E and, you know, from Gary Gygax. All this is totally optional. You are the Lord and God of all things, and it's your world with your things. And but you know um, that that in itself is a little is a little off putting to me because I like my players to be building the world as much as I am. I do too. I mean, I protest. You know, I, well, I do a little bit of both. Um, I try and use their play to help design the world, but I'm one of those ones like I. Try and always be prepared, and I haven't been for this virtual one. But yeah, I know, right? Yeah, if somebody I, at the table though says I, something like, "Oh, I really hope that X Y Z isn't happening," then I'm taking notes behind the screen that X Y Z might be happening. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. So you're we're let's 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 move into that though. I had to count really quick, just from the races. Um, from the six books, uh, currently for 5e, yeah. there's 38 races. That's just races. Oh my god! And that's not even, that's before you get to classes. And then they have those like uh, the paths that I don't particularly like. Right. And so there's there's so many different possibilities that as a DM, I can't think of all of them. But some of them will come with me with this just bizarre ass collection of combination and i'm going no <laughs> or yeah, another one be... it's like okay this is gonna be cool but a lot of times it's like uh no that just i gotta be it's wrong <laughs> my, my friend my friend kelly uh was we were on the gary con chats and she was creating a new character and she said oh i'm thinking about and I, I can't even say what her character was. I, I, I don't know what it was like. A like warlock, something <laughs> with a something and a and this War and of the some more of those. And, you know, like I want to play a yeah, I want to play a banana demon warlock with a left shoe. I don't know what she was saying. I and I didn't even <laughs> recognize the game she was playing anymore when she was saying thinking about creating this character. I'm like, sorry, I didn't what? know you had Tourette's. Do I need to It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like where are you coming from? And she's like a, a half salmon banana or something. And I was like, I, where are we? <laughs> I, I actually had to that's why I was counting it because I actually had to make this little chart that I use when I'm generating like the pregens or even a character oh. for myself. It lays out all the different races, and then the um, the the racial uh, modifiers for each of those races in each of the six abilities. Yeah. So I can quickly see when I'm like rolling something else, and I want to get to a particular place, how best to do that, sure. or if I want to work with a certain particular race, how that's going to affect what I just rolled up as a character. And that's or, what, that's yeah. exactly what I mean by quantify. And that there's a number and a page to turn to for all that stuff. Cause, because in first edition or second edition, um, we would say, I want to be a pirate. And then you would think in your mind, how do I want to approach being a pilot? pirate? Am I going to be more of the fighting type? Or am I going to be more of the smooth talking, like bartering type? And you would pick either fighter or thief. And you would just say, I'm a, I'm pirate. a pirate. And there were no yeah. mechanics attached to that. There were no like side paths. 
and all of these other things. And that's the thing that I really enjoyed. And and while some people see that see the class race combinations of one E as being restricting, I see them as being liberating because it just sort of gave you like a general direction, like West. But being a and fighter I- didn't mean you were like in the army and wore plate mail. It meant you could be a pirate or you could be a, a, a bandit on the road or you could be, you know. And I, and I touched on that earlier and it, it, for someone like yourself, and I think I include myself in that too, we're very creative people with very creative imaginations. As yeah. soon as I had an outlet for it and there was a game that specifically was an outlet for my creative energies called Dungeons and Dragons, I was in seventh heaven. Um, a lot sure. of people see a blank piece of paper and total freak out and meltdown. And you and I see a blank piece of paper as nothing but a whole big space <laughs> of opportunity to do sure. shit with our crazy minds in. I feel um, constricted I, I personally, right. and this is just my issue. This is on. I feel a little constricted by 5e. And I think that that would be the case for those who have this creative kind of streak. Instead of saying, here, go crazy in this open field, um, a lot of people are not as creative. So having something that helps take you one step to another to another gives you a sheet with boxes to check. Right. And as a game producer, I really feel – I really – I mean, that's why I rely on people like you and Scott McKinley to like, because I, Hey, like I've, I've written this story. Now you all got to make this, make this sense, make sense out of this for this fifth edition thing. And, and let's be fair because I have spent, I spent a good couple of months. Like I read the books. I, I sat, I'm like, I'm going to love 5e like everybody else does. And I'm, I'm like in my head, I had this goal of like, so teen Phoenix is going to be my, dm someday i'm gonna sit at a table i was in i was all in i wanted to go there you know but then i i just uh when i i kept doing it and um every time i opened the 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 one or two ebooks i i was uh alive with excitement in the five ebooks i I was like it almost felt like homework and it's again it's all on me so I think the 5e, because it's so defined with here is not a blank page, but a page with checkboxes on it, is restrictive to that completely free kind of open spirit of creation. Um, yes. I, on the other hand, I can be a very meticulous person when I want to be. And it's the same. I mean, you see me prepare for a game. Sometimes I've got, I mean, I take the monsters. There's four goblins. I roll the hit points for each goblin. Oh you my know, God, Herman! You're calling time. me, telling me you I know, want an icon for every character, every each monster. And, yeah, each and every one. <laughs> so I can take that meticulousness of five E, and I can still be creative with it. I can still feel not as constrained by it as someone like you who wants the open page every time. I can do both, but you know, I mean, it doesn't bother me to go into this and decide. Oh, this may have all these checkboxes, but I'm going to rewrite the form. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get yeah. it. You know, and sometimes you know you so, start a painting and, with a bunch with yeah. a blob on a page. So the people that do a paint by numbers are not necessarily creative, as in the free form creative force, but they are able to express themselves the way they are able to with the paint by numbers set. You need a thing to start and with. And 5e allows yeah. for for that. Right. In the gaming world, 5e does that. Well, so many people love but it. But it's restricted. It can't be bad. Like right. But so many people love it that it can't be bad. And I, I've really tried to embrace it. And 
Um, well, like I, I said, I think that's you know, one of those little things that has made it more available to more people because there are more people who can paint by numbers than people who can uh, freehand the Mona Lisa. I'm a believer in a rising tide lifts all ships. And so if more people are playing the game, that's fine. There'll be more 1E games and 2E games for me, and there'll be more 5E games for everybody. So, so was the subject of this troublesome players? Was oh, what, it was. <laughs> well, we've moved. Well, we've we, we've we've gone on. Uh, let's we'll call it a compare and contrast episode or something. Okay. So, All right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to do a thing that with a place where we said we, you know, we had to say good and bad things about five E. I think we've done that, and I've said good and bad things about one E. We've just changed the alter. We've just altered the uh, progression of our outline. That's all. I I do want to get to those fee things. I can, I'm the one that kept dragging us. So let's let's talk about that. Ones. Let's talk about like. Uh, like min maxers and i'm gonna start even with my <laughs> one e and two e. oh okay all right yeah, I, no, I will start with min maxers because i we, we see it in first edition and i think we, we started going down this rabbit hole with uh min maxing in first edition D- with monks. explain min maxing not everybody knows exactly what ah, min maxing well means. min maxing means taking taking the race class combinations and numbers and putting them get together in such a way that you can hack the game system, and which is a good thing if you're play testing. Which, but it can really sap the fun out of the game if you're trying to play with a min maxer. Which, by the way, I'm going to break in real quick. I know exactly the topic we end this on, so go ahead. <clears throat> okay, so min maxing is a thing that just it's just it just happens, and I, and I, I admit to being guilty sometimes when I'm creating a character and somebody else is DMing them. What gives mind, me the I'm best thinking. advantage? Sure, and I don't want to ruin anybody's first or second edition game, but first and second <laughs> edition, <laughs> so especially second edition, as much as I love it, had uh, darts where you get three attacks per round. Well, that's and right. if you were a fighter, you got three attacks per round plus your strength bonus. And oh if God. you were a fighter in second edition, you got three attacks per round plus your strength bonus. Plus, you could specialize in a weapon and get an extra attack. So you could have five attacks per round with uh, your strength bonus. If you had an 18 strength, you'd get like a plus three, a plus four. Yeah, granted, the darts only do one to three, but you're looking at one to three plus, say, plus three damage uh, five times a round. I just remembered some of that from the barbarian character. Barbarians are another one. Got a D12. I know. They like they were like they and they still are. They're monstrosities. They can rage. (laughs) They can do all kinds of yeah. So min maxers are are always looking for these little hacks. Now um in five E, I mean in one go to uh, in one oh, okay. e, the, the real it, when this really went overboard. Now you could deal with that. You could deal with a fighter and specializing in darts. I didn't. It's how I dealt with. As if you look at the specialization, the the rules were actually a little bit more thought out. I think. In specializing, could be only human. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Take that back. Specialization could only be in straight fighter. Doesn't matter what the race is, but. If you were just fighter, that's the only way you got specialization. So, okay, you know, you get you have a give there. But then the splat books came out. And by splat books, I mean 
the complete book of fighters, the complete book of thieves, the complete book of whatever. There was maybe, I don't know, there were a dozen, 15 of them, 20, I don't even know how many there were. Um, and in those, there were kits that gave you extra non-weapon efficiencies. And so, so 2E started to spill into this place of troublesome player. And it, you could, you always were in a position of saying yes or no. And a DM right. really has to learn to say, you know what? No. My friend John Mokler would always play uh, a Wemmick and he would double specialize, specialize or do some wacky thing. And I'd be like, Mokler, no. Yeah, no. See, I have a, 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 I have a hard no. I have been asked more than once, can I play a Minotaur? At first off, they don't have to go any farther than that. I stop In there and go. Edition, I love no. minotaurs. <laughs> so we are we are opposed on all kinds of things. <laughs> In five e, it's really homebrew stuff, so it's really not something official. So I've ah. got an easy out because I can go. No, 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 it's not in my. Um, I have an issue with playing the giant races, um, but they're in there now. So, uh, so now for for min maxing in five e, right? Uh, then we run in, we we run into feats um, at, at right off the top of the the whole thing because five e, um, in one e and two e, it seemed to me that you were you were you're as characters, you are extraordinary individuals, but you're not superheroes. And now we have superheroes in 5e. The average character in 5e is a superhero almost. Well, you know um, what? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to change my uh, nomenclature here because I used to say superhero too. And I think, I think 1e is the quest to power and 5e is, the, is after the acquisition of them. Good. You know, that's a good comparison. Maybe we can do a whole uh, thing on that. Speaking of which, I've got another one that would go right in there with these rule set things, but I think it's a whole issue in itself, and that's multi-classing. So, oh, oh, I can oh, oh. jot that one down because I think we can have a whole show on just. Well, see, look, this is why we do these <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> but keeping with what I was saying, in Five E, you have so broad a category of races and uh, abilities and <clears throat> new kind of things where you can head these different directions with your characters and their classes they then brought in this thing called feats yes. and feats are like superhero superhero powers so i have and it, it's that one of those sections that at the very beginning of it says that this is a completely optional section so I have patently said no across the board because every min-maxer will jump in there and grab a feat. And I made the mistake of I was running a game. I didn't allow feats. I had a new person coming in, and they asked me about feats, and I had said yes before I realized I'd said yes. So by the time they joined the game, I went, oh, no. Uh, I let them have feats, and uh, this person was very good at that. that. Yeah, now I can't put the genie back in the bottle. I let it out. The other players didn't seem to notice, which was good. (laughs) Um, And one of the, you know, I'll pick one feat in particular, um, the alert. Um, So I'm going to read it because it's very brief, but in those brief few little rules, this creates a a min-max character or addition onto one that's just unstoppable. Right. Always on the lookout for danger, you gain the following benefits. You gain plus five to initiative. 
you know, the average is like two or three yeah. plus five on top of that one you already have. You can't be surprised while you're conscious. As long as you're conscious, you can never be surprised. So it takes surprise and surprise rounds completely out of the DM's ability to use that as part of the game mechanic that he's got going on. You know, and I don't or, even see it I'm as sorry, game I didn't mechanic. mean to be exclusive. No, I, I don't even see it as game mechanic. I, I see it as part of the storytelling. You're pulling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want a surprise round because of how this has worked out. And it's got only one more sentence. Other creatures don't gain advantage on an attack rolls against you as a result of being unseen by you. Right. That takes well, an entire mechanic of combat out of play. It's a, it's and my struggle, my entire <laughs> my personal struggle with this stuff. And, and again, I always own it. Like this is my personal struggle. Um, is that um, for me? I find when I'm running that scenario as a as a DM. I am. I spend a lot of valuable storytelling time disabling those effects so that I can tell the story that I feel needs to be told. Yeah, no, I follow that, and I agree with that too. There are forty-two feats in five E. Yeah, in the player's handbook, but they um, don't come that often, though. But no, I mean, really. And- the the thing is that you know some of them are are a lot more innocuous. I was just looking at since we were talking min maxers and we were talking about rule sets and that led right, right. into five e sets itself up for a lot of min maxing. Even though I've disallowed feats, the rest of the group of rules in the uh, player's handbook and the dungeons master's guide and the monster manual and on to Xanathar, Volos and Morden guys. Um, allow for somebody who has the mind for it to find that min max and find that just character that breaks things but outside of the game uh, if you step back from the game socially it, it's also a difficult position to be in because as a as a dm i think a lot of dms are afraid to say i'm disallowing feats because they might lose players I don't think I've had players who were, I have yet to encounter players that were so attached to feats that they would base their gameplay, what they're going to play or not play based well, upon whether it had feats or not. Um, I, I have had players, I have never encountered this before and I, I don't ever remember encountering it before. I don't know what led into this. Well, maybe it was because of the disallowing and stuff. I got interviewed to be a DM for a person. They weren't in my game yet, Oh, <laughs> but they wanted to know if I was the kind of DM they wanted to be a player with. Oh, and I never, I've never been interviewed before. <laughs> now, <laughs> later, that person changed their mind. Their initial thing was, no, it's not the kind of DM I want. <laughs> right. Um, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I'm not sure I want you sitting at my table. <laughs> but later they went wow they're having some fun here and and you know herman's making a pretty good thing and that's where i wanted to wind all this up in there's our last kind of topic because it's yes, where it we're, started we're down to our last few minutes so go ahead fun the idea of these games is to have fun whether it you're is. the dm or you're the players it's to have fun the rules are meaningless in the bigger picture the bigger picture is fun Yes. So how do we have fun? Sometimes that means we have to say no. 
that sometimes we have to say yes when we don't really want to. Sometimes we have to deal with players of all different kinds, whether they're min-maxers, whether they're 100% lost in the wood Bambi noobs, or they're old grizzled players like Tim Kask. Um, well, you I, have I to would deal challenge. with all of those and have fun. And I think, t actually, Tim's wonderful. I think to have play at a game because I think he just fully commits. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I didn't mean. I'm just saying though, they're they're you're going to have all kinds. But the whole idea is you want to have fun. Everybody is there to have fun. And it's as DM or GM, I want to make sure I provide fun. Right. Yeah. I, you so, know, and I would uh, challenge GMs to to sometimes. Uh, let it slip and try those things that are outside sure. your comfort zone because that, you know you might find that once you try it it's not so bad but but I, I usually when I do stuff like that I have a talk with everybody at the table like look I want to try this thing if it doesn't work I want to be able to say it's not working for me and usually that's okay at a table yeah I like I said I. I Except for getting interviewed, <laughs> I haven't had somebody say, no, I can't play because you don't do this. Um, right. You know, um, and I, somebody may ask me for something and we had started the conversation with it. And when you say no, you have the right to say no. You also at times should say yes. Don't get yes. so entrenched that you never say yes. I, I'm not saying I will never play a game without feats. I'm going to, but in my general play, I excluded that one. And I exclude other ones that are my choice to do. But at times I might go, you know what? Play the Minotaur. Let's see what happens. You know, I, I have a I have a uh, a set people in mind that I can think of uh, that I would game with with feats and let it happen because it's it's a group that I know well enough that would understand the storyline aspect. You know, okay. Cool. It isn't working. Yeah, it's really worked out. I've got. It's it's kind of admittedly it's a short list of people because I'd be running fifth edition. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got you, Herman. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm I'm the five E monkey. That sounds like that's the end of our time. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I can't even stop. God oh, dang. I'm right, sorry, so, Lloyd. You can't broadcast anymore. Can't broadcast anymore. <laughs> so, how do you want to wind this sucker? Up? Uh, I I think we did just to remind everyone. It is about having. Let's not get so caught up in what to include or not include, or do or not to do that we forget that the main thing is let's have some fun. Sure, and let's yeah. uh, let's you know the the honestly as a player that the the dm has a lot on their shoulders and it's, it's it's all about telling a story it's all about them being prepared and sometimes just let them disallow things and uh and and go th and experience the story that they've got to tell exactly i mean uh the the dm has a, a great story to tell every dm no matter who they are they've got a great story to tell Listen help them to tell it sometimes. It. Yeah, help them tell it and and participate in the story you get to tell it to, and that's the fun. We'll yeah. get back to it. It's the fun. Let's all play in this world. <laughs> we are. Everybody's creating the world. All right. This or that before we go. Okay. You. Ready? Strength I, or intelligence? I'm... Strength. Low level or high level? High level. Oh, that was hard. 
Ooh, really? All right. And and this is an old school question, so you're going to stick with me. Larry Elmore or Jeff Easley? Ooh, Jeff Easley. Ooh, this this is one place we agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went for that one. Ah, uh, so you so you're 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 buttering your bread. All right. Yeah. Hobbit or five E halfling with little feet and shoes. Halfling five E. Oh, I am cut to the quick. <laughs> I I recently caught I recently thought about this and I and I cannot flip through the five E book without getting to that page with the hop with the halfling with the little with the shoes and they and it even says that they have a penchant for wearing fancy shoes and I'm just so offended. Although I must admit, looking at that same drawing every time I flip the halfling till I look at the race halfling, I go, "That's not right." You can't get past it. You can't get past those little shoes. But I don't want to be a hobbit, you know. I mean, I I like halfling, but I just don't want it to be the hobbit. I honestly, and and I in five E, I I hope I can restrain myself from punching him square in the mouth. I okay. Um, this doesn't come up in the old. Yeah, see, I opened it up right now. I'm looking at it, and there's the halfling with the loot, and I'm going, "That's not right." It's not right. It doesn't it's look not right. right. Yeah, it just it's not right, and it's not because it's a female. It's just not right. Right. It's not right. I got the you top knot, and I'm down for the top knot. I'm not yeah. saying it's Tasselhoff, but I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't look right. Then look right. All right. All right. So that's that's it for this or that for this episode so with that uh thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed the podcast and download the next one etc etc maximumhp.com